Good morning, friends. Welcome to this final season of the final Sunday of the season of Epiphany. Today is also our 49th Sunday of online worship, if I did that counting correctly. And it's our first Sunday without Reverend Ginger's ministry among us. She and her husband are with us today for a special blessing, but she's stepping back from serving with us today as we all get ready for a new chapter. This is where we find ourselves at the end of Epiphany. Epiphany, as your bulletin helpfully tells you, means something like shining forth, and it's a season of revelations, a season of learning to see God and each other newly. We start the season with the story of the Magi who search for Jesus as they follow the star, and we end it today with the story of the transfiguration, where Jesus' appearance is changed in front of his disciples. And this season gives us a taste of the visions that draw us onward in our faith, the kinds of seeing that deepen our love for God and for each other. And today gives us one last bright glimpse of that vision to carry with us into what's next. In the story of the transfiguration, Peter and James and John receive the gift of seeing Jesus for who he really is. The gospel writers have trouble describing what that looked like. Unbearable brightness is the closest they can come to saying what it's like. Jesus is shining, literally radiating with divine love and goodness and belovedness. Jesus is showing himself as the light of the world. Remember that these disciples who come up the mountain are the exact same fishermen we read about a few weeks ago who left their nets to follow Jesus when he called them. And they've been with him for a while now. They already know and love Jesus by now. And yet, this glimpse knocks them off their feet. This gift of true seeing stuns them. And even though they can't respond particularly coherently at the time, I think maybe this gift of really seeing Jesus is what helps them to get through the difficult days ahead. I think maybe these fishermen were able to walk with Jesus toward his crucifixion, endure the confusion of his death, welcome his resurrection, and lead the very first Christian communities because of what they saw on the mountain. They carried this experience of seeing with them. And that didn't mean everything was perfect. Peter, James, and John all made lots of mistakes after the transfiguration. But they had seen the love of God shining from the body of their teacher Jesus. And that changed how they saw other people also. Sometimes God gives us the sight or the insight that we need to love each other. Sometimes God gives us the transfiguration moment that we need. Sometimes we might encounter a person and feel a connection right away at an intuitive level. 
Some people I know talk about feeling a nudge from God to call a friend or to offer a kindness to a stranger. I think for those who experience these moments, it's like a little transfiguration story, a time when God helps someone to see the glow of another person's real nature. In our baptismal covenant, we commit to seek and serve Christ in all persons. And I think sometimes the Holy Spirit gives us a head start on that, a little insight into what is divine, what is lovable, what is worthy and radiant about another person. This happened to me once years back. I was riding home from work on a bus. I was feeling pretty tired and bedraggled. And I was looking at all the other people on the bus. I was just glancing at the faces of a bus full of other tired, bedraggled people. And then something happened. Nothing changed about the way the faces looked. They still had all of their creases and wrinkles and zits and scars. They were the same faces, but suddenly every single face on the bus was absolutely gorgeous, like more gorgeous than the most beautiful person on film or the most perfectly carved Renaissance sculpture, just fascinatingly beautiful, and I could have stared at any one of those faces for hours. And I felt dazed when I had to get off the bus I think that just for a moment, I saw a little bit of how God sees every person, a little bit of the truth of how gorgeous and radiant every single person really is. That moment on the bus was a gift of seeing, a little transfiguration, and it's never happened to me the same way before, again, but I can come back to an echo of it sometimes, when I look at a face. I can see it when I imagine your faces in the church, ironically preaching this sermon on a day when I can't see most of you and you can't see my face either. But we can be present with each other and imagine the radiance and the beauty of each other's faces in the sight of God. When I remember that moment of vision, I can hold on to the deep truth that God makes each of us, each of you, radiant and beautiful. Maybe you've had these moments of transfiguration too. Maybe you've seen God's glow in the face of a child. Maybe you've heard God's truth in the voice of a friend. I am so grateful for moments of clarity like this in the different ways that we might experience them, for the tiny transfiguration visions that God sometimes gives us. And at the same time, I have to tell the truth that sometimes seeing each other is hard. Sometimes it doesn't come easily to see what is lovable and good and radiant about another person. And that may seem like the understatement of the year to those of us confined in houses with people during the pandemic. But sometimes seeing and loving each other is more about persistence than it is about a sudden spark of recognition. Sometimes when we meet someone new, we don't see what's good and beautiful about that person right away. And it takes time 
sitting with our irritation and disconnection, watching that person in action to see what drives them, to see the way that they shine in God's eyes. Sometimes our deepest relationships involve times of keeping our eyes on each other out of stubborn commitment. And this does not mean that we have to put a positive spin on every conflict. It certainly does not mean that we should stay and tolerate abusive behavior. I want to be clear about that. But what I am saying is there are times when we have to be persistent to find the clear vision that leads to loving each other. And this is why I like the story of Elijah and Elisha that we get today. In the transfiguration, Jesus scoops up his disciples and takes them up a mountain and shows them what they need to see, whether they understand it or not. But Elisha's seeing isn't given so freely. In order to inherit prophetic power, Elisha, the apprentice prophet, has to see Elijah, his teacher, at the very moment when he's taken up to heaven. In his efforts to catch that moment, Elisha follows Elijah in a zigzag pattern all the way across the land, and he has chances to abandon his quest, chances to turn back, but at every turn he persists, he sticks with him, he keeps his eyes on him. He follows his mentor and doesn't take his eyes off him. Elisha treks across the country doggedly in hopes of catching that one moment of miraculous vision. And after his persistence, he does see it happen. He receives God's prophetic power in that instant of seeing another person. So what do we do with all of that here? as we end this season of visions and move into another Lent. Here, as we look back on almost a year of pandemic restrictions and look forward with both hope and uncertainty to what's next. Here, as we say goodbye to a beloved priest and leader. I believe that God has a call for us in this moment in the gifts and the labors of seeing. There is something of the transfiguration we can carry forward with us, both a divine glow that can deepen our moments of insight and joy, and a warm radiance we can return to in times when it might feel dark and gloomy. The pandemic has been an isolating time for many, a time when it is difficult to see and difficult to feel seen. So I want to invite us all to speak up bravely when we do see someone else, when we see what shines from another person, when we see something good or beautiful or divine in someone. It can mean so much just to say, I see you, I appreciate you, thank you. The moments when we share what we see can be moments of transfiguration too, moments when new radiance is revealed in our care for each other. And finally, I want to invite us to care for each other by seeing wisely in this time of transition. 
Like Elisha, we are in the bittersweet moment of watching a prophet depart. Ginger will not be riding a chariot of fire to Boston, so far as I know. But we will be looking for new voices of God's love here in her absence. When our new priest, Reverend Heather, gets here, we will have a chance to see her in the way that her divine purpose shines forth uniquely. And we will also have a chance to spend time seeing each other, to see what gifts are called forth among us in a time of transition as we answer God's call to us. We will need to see each other even more clearly at this time to go to the places God calls our community in this transition. We have what we need for this next move. We carry a glowing vision of Jesus' love with us into the next season. We are beloved and beautiful and radiant in God's sight. God is with us, giving us glimpses of that vision of the transfiguration. God is with us to strengthen us in our labors of seeing so that we can walk forward together in love. Amen.